Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBurge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're going to fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're going to stand, we stand as giants. If we're going to walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Tuesday, the 16th of August, 2022. I'm Carmen LaBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. One of the things we do at Faith Radio is send out a Growing Your Faith verse of the day. You can sign up for that at MyFaithRadio.com. Today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day is from Proverbs chapter 18. All right, here we go. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. So that may officially be the like the verse uh, for the days in which we live. This proverb is, I think, a good test for us in our conversations with others. But it's a test that we should use as a mirror um, because I want us to certainly recall what Jesus has said about calling other people the fool. Um, I'm thinking there about Matthew 5, uh, 22, where in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, Jesus warns against Describing others as foolish or calling other people to fool, um, Jesus says, I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the fire of hell. So, yeah, we don't want to be liable to the fire of hell. So let's look in the mirror in terms of this verse. Proverbs 18, uh, verse 2, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. So when we think about um, testing ourselves in terms of this, ask yourself, do I have a genuine interest in understanding? Or am I really just in the conversation to air my own opinions? Do I spout off before listening to the facts? Consider today what God's word has to say about that approach and then ask yourself, you know, do, do I want to be, do I want to be as in the words of this proverb, shameful and foolish? No, no, I want to be wise. So the word fool appears 40 times in the book of Proverbs and the ways of the fool are often contrasted with the ways of the wise. And so in modern usage, a fool, we might think of as a person who is duped um, or just ridiculous, but that's not how it's defined in the Proverbs. So let's look at a few of the occurrences of the word fool in the Proverbs to help us provide an understanding for this passage today. Proverbs 10, 8 reads, or refers to a babbling fool. One trait of a fool is that, you know, they they talk constantly, um, known for not listening to wisdom, which is actually the point of this passage as well. Fools um, have no interest in understanding and only want to air their own opinions. It's 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 an echo of the verse we have before us in chapter 18, verse 2. Um, Proverbs 10 is actually full of references. Um, You could read verses 14, 18, 23 uh, to look for more information on this. Um, And then Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. A wise person listens to advice, particularly the counsel of the Lord. So if you are a person prone to reject 
the counsel of others and only listen to your own counsel, you know, maybe this is a, maybe this is something to examine today. Um, Proverbs 13, a fool flaunts his own folly. In other words, a foolish person is actually proud of wrongdoing. I mean, is anybody out there exalting their own pride? Um, Proverbs 14, 16 teaches that a fool is reckless and careless, does not plan ahead, but rather lives life without considering the impact of their actions um, on, uh, you know, on himself or others. Proverbs 15, 5, a fool despises instruction, particularly the instruction that comes from, um, you know, those who come before us, particularly in this case, the father or the mother. A foolish person doesn't listen in obedience, um, spurns what uh, those who are more mature uh, tells them. So um, it's just an opportunity here, I think, to consider what the Bible says about foolishness, what it says about wisdom. Obviously, we want to be people who follow the counsel of God alone, who is wise. Um, Flood watch uh, currently in effect for millions of people across the southwestern United States. We're going to talk about the mega flood, which is predicted for California. Here's um, here was the headline that caught my attention. One headline said, you know, the mega flood that is headed for California is going to be, quote, larger than any in world history. Really? A flood larger than any in world history? Yeah, we're going to test that against what the Bible says next with Nick Pitts. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Nick Pitts, good morning. Welcome back. Hey, Carmen. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's what I think of every Tuesday. I make it, try to make it tasty Tuesday in addition to Taco Tuesday. Oh, so good. So good. There you go. There you go. Um, if you were to have a taco right now, would it be, what kind of, um, you know, are we going with a corn tortilla? Are we going with a flour tortilla? Are we going with a crunchy shell? What are we doing? What kind of taco? Oh, so... If you're listening or have uh, anyone that visits the Dallas area, a must-have here in Texas and specifically in Dallas is Rusty's Tacos. Rusty, uh, there is a flour tortilla, uh, bacon, egg, cheese, and avocado. What? And the tortilla is slightly grilled, so Mm. it gives it that a char flavor. It is absolutely delectable and is a reminder of God's goodness and grace in this broken world. I feel like maybe there's a little bit of salsa verde on that. Top. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, now, now that we're all super hungry. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about California being ripe for a mega flood. Um, yeah. First of all, read us in on this. Um, we might have thought that earthquakes or even fires were going to be, you know, what was going to wreck the Golden State, but apparently it's going to be a flood. Yeah, so not only is it raining men, but it's also raining <laughs> a lot. 
potentially in California. It could drop 100 inches of rain, uh, scientists are warning, um, according to a study that was published on Friday. Um, this hasn't happened. It's happened before, but hasn't happened and since nine, or 1862, rather, um, what they're saying is that this has the potential not only to flood out California's, some of their major highway systems, but it also has the potential really just to drop anywhere from uh, 26 to 32 feet of snow in the Sierra Nevada uh, mountain ranges. And, which would I be mean, good, it, which would be good for like re recharging the aquifer. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like there's like there's, you know, God sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. So, I mean, I there's part of this that I'm like, hmm, maybe they're just due for a good rain. But this is going to be a little bit more than a good rain. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to some of that rain coming over here to Texas since we haven't had really any significant rain in probably about two months. But uh, but yeah, it's just another reminder of just kind of what Jesus says. We look to the skies to try to predict, uh, to interpret the signs of the time. But in reality, it points to uh, it points to the one that is greater than Jonah, the one that is coming to foretell of all that is to come. And again, another reminder, too, that we're just in a, uh, to use John Milton's Paradise Lost language, we're in a weathery world because this world is broken, groaning for redemption. Ooh, a weathery world. I like that language. Um, when when I read the headline, uh, which was framed this way in the USA Today, <laughs> experts warn California is a disaster uh, larger than any in world history. Now, First of all, that's just ridiculous on the face of it. So what flood might they be missing? Yeah, I think that eliminates two things. One, it eliminates the sensationalization of our headlines today to try to get clicks and the desperate need in many journalism outfits today uh, to forsake truth for the sake of a click and to the the lack of religion, (laughs) uh, religious literacy uh, within the USA Today, whether it's the editorial team or specifically we know the writing team. In this instance, I think there was one flood in particular that uh, did leave its mark on this world. And we're reminded of it every time we see a little rainbow that dots across the sky. Yeah, we're obviously referring there to the flood in the days of Noah. If you're not familiar with that story, um, it comes in the biblical book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Old Testament of the Bible. Um, so I would love to um, share with you more about that. If you're a person who says to yourself, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of a flood that covered the whole earth. I'd like to know more. Why don't you text me this morning, 877-933-2484. I'd love to um, have that conversation with you offline. Um, today, we're going to continue our conversation with Nick Pitts. He's a fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement. We're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about jobs and job satisfaction. Um, let me, let me read, um, this quick, headline out of Minneapolis in relationship to how to make people not feel good about their job. Um, because uh, in in Minneapolis, there is an agreement between the Minneapolis Teachers Union and Minneapolis Public Schools, which now compels the district in the case of any layoffs um, to actually um, lay off white teachers before any teachers of color would be laid off. It's a stipulation that comes as a part of a recent collective bargaining agreement between the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers and the Minneapolis Public Schools. Um, And so I just want you to think about that for a moment. Layoffs are going to be based on race. If layoffs must occur, they'll be based on race. That's a pretty good disincentive 
um, in terms of work. We're going to talk about jobs and how we feel about our jobs and how happy we are in our jobs next with Nick Pitts. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right. Uh, what are you going to do today in terms of work, whether or not you work for pay or you work for, um, you know, just just the joy of uh, of labor? Maybe you volunteer. Do you recognize that you are offering that service not only um, to someone here and the benefit of others here, but you're doing it as unto the Lord? It's a good opportunity when we talk about work of any kind and we talk about our jobs in particular. It's a good opportunity to remind one another that no matter where we work or what kind of work we do, we work as unto the Lord. Um, I mean, we, we were work is not a post fall reality. Work is um, part of God's good design for creation itself. He set us in a garden and uh, and called us to till it. All right, uh, we're talking with Nick Pitts. You can follow him on Twitter at jnickpitts. Why are we talking about, why am I talking about work this morning? Yeah, Carmen, it's kind of distressing news as we've seen as of late with the job market. We're all uh, probably somewhat familiar with just uh, the discombobulation that's happened over the past two plus years due to the pandemic and the workforce. You've got factors such as individuals talking about remote work. You've got factors such as individuals asking about this idea of a great resignation of many people leaving the job market. Um, But now what we're starting to see, according to a new Gallup poll, is disengagement that's happening in the workforce. They had a recently released poll that came out entitled The State of the Global Workplace 2022, and it found that 60 percent of people reported being emotionally detached at work and 19 percent as being miserable. Just a mere 33 percent feel engaged, and that's even lower than pre-pandemic numbers. 50 percent of workers here in the U.S. are are just feeling stressed and 41 percent worried. Uh, This idea of home life balance is just it's just thrown everyone for a loop, to say the very least. And now in turn, um, uh, workers aren't being fully uh, present in the moment and engaged in the work, which is showing up in the numbers, according to Gallup. So we talk about, um, you know, what we expect in work or out of work or from work or at work, um, it could be, it could be, Nick, that people have developed expectations for what's going to happen at work or what they're going to find at work. I mean, so many people imagine that, you know, that's where they're going to make their friends. That's where they're going to find their meaning and purpose. And some of this just might be the angst involved in, you know, in a culture that's increasingly disconnected from God and disconnected from relationships at church. Like, there might be more going on here than just, um, you know, I was going to put it really 
um, really succinctly, but then I remembered that I'm on Christian radio and there's, you know, like you just can't say work doesn't live up to all of my personal expectations. I, <laughs> I mean, I, work I'm, is work. It's labor. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I think you're, you're hitting on a point that I, I've, I like, I can, I'm in complete and violent disagree or violent agreement with rather. It's you can be idea. in violent disagreement with me. Yeah. That might be fun. Yeah. Like, Oh, duking it out on the morning show. <laughs> no, okay. But, but you know, it's, it's, it's so true. You've got, I mean, it's very clear according to the research. If you look across the board, you've got Americans that are increasingly moving away and becoming more lonely. They're not going to church. They're not participating in Civitan. They're not going to Rotary Club. Those were areas that the traditional American found their pl- little platoon, according to Edmund Burke. They found their little community group and it gave them a sense of purpose and meaning. And dis- despite our withdrawal from that, there is still the deep yearning and desire to find meaning and purpose. And so where once Americans would increasingly find that outside the workplace, now Americans are forced to work. And now because they've left those spaces are putting a greater emphasis and expectation upon work to fulfill those yearnings that they once found outside of work, whether it was in church or Civitan or name any number of organizations and work yes, is a source of meaning and purpose and dignity isn't enough to bear all of those weights as we're starting to see. And the workforce is increasingly feeling the strain and workplaces and employers are having to deal with employees that just have greater expectations of what they, what, what they expect from work and work is supposed to do for them. Yeah. What, what do I expect to get out of it? What do I expect to be giving into it? Um, why, why work? I mean, these are all really good conversations and opportunities for Christians to reflect on, um, you know, the, the purpose of work, the origin of work. Um, I ran into a kid yesterday at the grocery store and I got to tell you, Nick, like you can, when you can just like tell that another person is just done, like they're just done. Right. And so he's yeah. leaning over. He's got one of those huge rolling things that should be on a forklift, like a whole pallet. In this case, a whole pallet of adult beverages. Oh, wow. And he, he, um, you know, he's look. he's like leaning on the pallet. It's completely full. And I just said, are you okay? And he, you know, he, I think that's when he realized, like, I'm, 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 I'm sort of draped over my, <laughs> draped over my product here. And and then that's when I saw that his eyes are red and like he's done. And I just said, are you okay? And he said, I've been doing this since 5 a.m. I just, I don't know that I can. And I said, is this the last one? And he's like, yeah, this is the last one. I'm like, you can do this. And then I just thought, I just, I just feel compelled to offer to pray for him, which I know might be a little weird thing to do in the, you know, like adult beverage aisle of the grocery store, which by the way, those of you listening, I was just heading through to some other part of the grocery store. The buns are on the other side. So anyway, so um, I say, can I, can I just pray for you? And he said, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't touch him or anything you know, like that. I mean, we're separated by the aisle. And, and so I just lifted up a prayer for him. It was super simple. Um, you know, just that God would renew his strength and encourage him and, you know, give him all that was necessary for the accomplishing of God's will in his life right then at that moment and, um, get him home safely. And, um, you know, quick prayer and amen. And, he, I'm not saying that, you know, like uh, there was this like m- mystical renewal of his strength, like, you know, but he did crack a small smile and carry on with his job. 
And so, I, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing jobs they clearly don't want to be doing. Um, but there's a lot of jobs available. And so that's part of my curiosity. Like, why not go get another job? If you really hate the job you're in, why not go get another job? Yeah, I think we're I think we're starting to see that a little bit to a certain degree. That's what hence the the great resignation that's happening. I also think we're just we're just creatures of the status quo. More often than mm. not, we're not willing to rock the boat. And I think your your story is just uh, it, it epitomizes what Thoreau said, right? The mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. There's a lot of people right now that are just hurting. And we've always known that. And they're just expressing that hurt in a variety of ways, whether it's becoming disengaged at work, whether it's taking to drink and then drinking and becoming a great, uh, uh, t- feeling the greater sense of it. That There's just a lot of people that are, are, are yearning for something so much more. And, um, and, and, and it's a beautiful opportunity for us because even though they may not darken the door of a church, they've got to darken the door of their, of their work to be able to, to be able to earn a living, to be able to continue to have shelter, have provision, et cetera. And it gives us a great opportunity to be the, the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. All right, go out there and be the hands and feet of Jesus today. And I mean, you know, if you go buy Rusty's Taco, I don't know, have one like on all of our behalfs because that mm-hmm. sounds delicious. I will have I don't three know. on one's behalf this morning. Put it put it on the list of places that I want to go when I come to Dallas. Deal. Deal. Love it. I love it. All right, that's Nick Pitts. You can find him at the Institute for Global Engagement, which, by the way, is a great place um, to uh, get an aggregated list of the way uh, the the Christian mind is applied um, to the headline news. Great, great resource for that. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, you guys are burning up the text line this morning. I appreciate that. You can text me during the show, 877-933-2484. A number of you have asked for links to the articles related to the Minneapolis School District and the Teachers Union. Um, yeah, I'm happy to send those to you, but they'll also be those links, everything we talk about during the show, all the all the links to all the things are posted in the show notes, which will um, be uh, available after the show. When it's posted as a podcast at MyFaithRadio.com or anywhere you get your podcast. So let's just say you download the Faith Radio app onto your phone. Then um, as soon as the podcast is posted, you have actually access to all of my show notes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nifty? So why don't you go ahead and download the Faith Radio app onto your phone. And that way, um, any day, at any time that you say to yourself, hey, I'd like to go back and read that thing that Carmen was talking about with Nick Pitts or anybody else, um, you'll have access to it in an ongoing way. So there you go. Um, pretty nifty. Uh, Anne also says there's a rusty taco in St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, well, we might have to go there and check out to see if they have this bacon and egg avocado business because, uh, you know, on a grilled tortilla. <clears throat> that sounds so good. All right. um, What else is going on in the world today? China has announced more military drills around Taiwan. Um, They are threatening to, quote, take resolute and strong measures after a second American delegation uh, landed on the island on Sunday, weeks after, uh, just a week after uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited. And so um, 
China is accusing the U.S. of encouraging Taiwan's independence through the sale of weapons and engagement between U.S. politicians and the Taiwanese government. Um, so we're going to talk about what is going on in uh, on that front between China and Taiwan. We're also going to talk, we're going to bring India into focus. India is going to pa- surpass China as the world's most populous nation. And so, I don't know, we haven't talked about India lately. So we're going to give some attention to what is soon to become the world's most populous nation. Luke Moon is going to join us next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. The wise men will bow down before the throne. And at his feet, they'll cast their golden crowns. When the man comes around. Luke Moon is joining us. Apparently, he's on vacation in Seattle, but he's still got up to join us. What What a gem. Thank you so much. No problem, Carmen. All right. So you're going to need a good cup of Seattle coffee of some variety. Um, let's talk about what's going on in China in relationship to Taiwan. Well, uh, Taiwan, since Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, went to Taiwan, China has been kind of aggressively, you know, showing kind of blustering. They they have they fly planes over Taiwan. They've they've uh, had some unscheduled war games uh, right around the the international waters there, uh, basically to at one point uh, blocking the shipping lanes that they you know they were so aggressive with their with their uh, war games and um you know it's it's really a show of force and it was a warning before nancy pelosi went that they were going to do stuff this has been what they were doing um but it's led to other uh members of congress to decide to pay visits to taiwan as well and show support from the u.s so when we think about the relationship between china china and taiwan um is there anything in particular that you know you would say okay this is one thing that you have to keep in mind i mean what occurs to me is we view um taiwan as in some ways independent of china i'm not sure china views it that way at all well they don't cuz i mean ta- taiwan was basically where you know it, when when mao took over or was you know basically winning the war over over china uh Chiang Kai-shek and, and the leaders of of who were leading China at the time fled to Taiwan, and for you know subsequent years, almost twenty years after uh, Mao took over mainland China, the the leaders in Taiwan still considered mainland China to be theirs, and vice versa. Obviously, you know Mao and his people thought Taiwan was theirs, and so that. Uh, basically, that policy called the One China Policy has not changed as U.S. policy since uh, you know the transition happened, and and yet you know that was a a long time ago. But B, there's been a lot of change within Taiwan and China since then. Taiwan is is an incredible uh, economic powerhouse, uh, even though it's not recognized by. Mo- by a lot of nations in the United in in the world, the United Nations doesn't recognize uh, Taiwan as an independent country, um, and so it's it's one of those things that that you know 
the the rest of the countries in in Asia are looking at what China does with Taiwan. Japan is nervous. Korea is nervous. Philippines are nervous. These countries are nervous because you know they see China rising, and and Taiwan is is kind of uh, perhaps the canary in the coal mine to China's ambitions for the future. Let's pivot um, to China from China, which has long been the most populous country in the world, to India, which is slated to become the world's most populous country. I'm going to surpass China in terms of world population um, soon, like those, I don't know exactly how soon, right? Because it's based on the number of babies born and people who die. But there you go. It's going to happen soon. Um, when, when, we, when we think about India, when we think about um, a, a country that is advancing at a very, very rapid rate, what are some things that you would have us call to mind about India? Well, you know, they just celebrated their their 75th anniversary since independence. And, uh, you know, the current prime minister uh, has been doing a great job of kind of bringing India uh, with, you know, did a lot of policy uh, that has improved the conditions of a lot of people in India. And yet, you know, the, the Hindu system, the caste system still is normative over there. It's still uh, basically, you know, I remember uh, being in India and being with, you know, teaching a bunch of uh, young men who wanted to be pastors. And they were from a caste that they self-identified as untouchable. Right. And I was like, well, like, what do you mean untouchable? Like, oh, yeah, that's what we just, that's what, that's what we call ourselves. And, and it, and it was hard for me to imagine like, like that would be the way I would, you know, self-identify my group. But that, it, that, that kind of perception of, of there's, there's very rich people, uh, and then there's very poor people. And, you know, the, the middle class is growing in, in India, but, you know, there's some real challenges uh, going forward. And, and there's also the challenge of kind of Hindu nationalism. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, a spate of attacks, uh, particularly against Muslims uh, in various parts of India. Uh, you know, Christian minorities are not treated well. Um, it's 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 got a lot of challenges going forward. And, and it you know, but it also, you know, represents uh, a counter to China's growth also because, you know, it is a democracy. It's an actual, you know, a real and fervent democracy. Uh, and they see and India sees itself as a, as kind of a counterweight uh, to, to, to China. And so, you know, it, it's important to think about about India as both its, you know, its own got its own problems, but it's also its future seems much more tied to the West than China's right now. So I'm reading a headline out of Reuters just from yesterday. America's tech giants are taking a modern-day crash course in India's ancient caste system. Apple is emerging as an early leader in policies to rid Silicon Valley of a rigid hierarchy that continues to segregate Indians and has done so for generations. Apple, the world's largest listed company, updated its general employee conduct policy um, to explicitly prohibit discrimination on the basis of caste. 
which it added alongside existing categories of race, gender, religion, age, and ancestry. Um, the caste system that exists in Hinduism um, follows people uh, into their work environments. Um, this is, a, I think, a, a good reminder, Luke, that we are religious people and we don't leave our religion um, at home when we go to work. That's true. And the, I mean, the, I remember being in India and, and there was a, uh, I went to visit with a, with a devout Hindu guy and, and about a hundred yards from his house was, was a field that had tents and people kind of living in kind of a shanty like situation. And, and it costs in that town I was in $10 a month to rent an apartment, $10 a month. And these people didn't have that. And I asked this guy, I was like, so, you know, what do you do? What's your practice? He says, well, every day I pray a prayer and sing a song and, you know, offer incense to this God and, and, you know, has statue and whatever. And I said, why do you do that? He said, well, it's because I want my family to have health and, and, and money. And I, I said, so all you have to do to have health and money is to pray this prayer, sing this song, burn this incense uh, to this particular God. He goes, yeah. I said, well, someone should go tell those guys down the street because they, they could use some of that. And, and he, he, he looked at me and was like, oh, somebody should do that. Like mm. it, it never crossed his mind. It, and, and, that was, and that's, that's built into the caste system because the caste system says, like, you are born as you are born. And, and if you're born in the untouchable caste, it's because, you know, in your past life, you did something bad. And if you do all the right stuff, next time, maybe you'll be born in a, a better caste and, you know, and then a better caste and then a better caste. Right. But you are you are uh, you are set, you know, in how you're born. And it, you know, it, it's it, it, we don't Christianity is is very far removed from that system. And so it's hard for people to grasp, but it's it it doesn't foster justice actually, uh, because you know, like you're just you're it's because of karma. You just got to deal with it, and it's a it's a it it uh, it basically forces strata of poverty that you can't escape in a lot of people's lives. So I appreciate like you know uh, companies who are who are kind of being very uh, clear and aggressive, but there's laws against it in, against, um, you know, there's affirmative action and laws against hiring on the basis of caste in, in India. And it's ignored there too, because, you know, it's one of those, it's, it's not only is it, is like cult culturally normative, but it's also part, it's kind of baked into the religion as well. And so it's, it's going to be hard to, to, you know, rid India of that way of being, uh, but I, I'm glad these uh, these companies are are at least doing what they can. All right, we're talking with Luke Moon. Next up, we're going to work our way through three significant headlines: um, the attack on author Salman Rushdie and the threats against those who have condemned the attack. Uh, the story of Austin Tice. He's an American journalist who has now been held hostage by the Syrian government for 10 years. And then the anti-Semitism that is um, being directed toward a conservative Jewish synagogue in Florida 
as political violence against the House of Worship, where the judge who issued the search warrant of Mar-a-Lago attends. So all of that up next. What's the common thread? How do we rightly treat those with whom we disagree? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of what we do on live radio every day. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you at MyFaithRadio.com. Right now, we're inviting you to share your Faith Radio story. What do you love about Faith Radio? What do you love about Mornings with Carmen? How has this program changed the way you think or the way you live, the way you engage others in the conversations of the day? We really do want to hear from you. Your story could encourage someone else and certainly glorify God. So share what you love about Faith Radio by calling 877-933-2484 and leave us a message today. Again, thanks for listening. Continuing our conversation with Luke Moon. You can find him at the Philos Project and also at Providence Magazine. Um, Luke, talk with us um, about what is now happening in terms of threats to those who have been condemning the attack on Salman Rushdie. We talked a little bit about that situation yesterday and the attack on free speech and on him in particular and the fatwa out um, against him. Um, But it has produced online threats to others. Yeah. uh, One of those is uh, the author of the Harry Potter series, uh, J.K. Rowling, and she uh, received a a threat on Twitter uh, saying, uh, you're next, basically. And she reported that to Twitter and and, you know, Scotland Yard has has, uh, you know, it's been it's been raised to them and they're they're trying to address it and track it down. but yeah, it's it, it you know J.K. Rowling has been uh, uh, ongoing threats of violence against her, um, and you know it's one of those things where you know she she's come out very strongly in support that only women can be women, and as a result of that, she is she has been uh, received tons of death threats. Um, she actually, you know, has been removed from one of, you know, as as being a part of one of her uh, a, a producer on her own, right. uh, on her own movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just mind blowing. Right. Um, and it, so it's it's you know, it's very serious, you know, in obviously in this day and age when, you know, it, it you know, used to be you have to phone somebody, call somebody up to threaten them. Um, or, you know, I guess turn up at their house, but, you know, now, you know, it just takes, uh, a Twitter account and, you know, who knows how many, per- you know, how many followers this person had, it could be they have 25, but right. it's a real threat. And, you know, there's, there's what's called doxing, which, you know, all of your personal information is thrown onto social media. And as soon as it's out, you know, it's, it's, it's out and it's hard to get back. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, it's, it's very serious. It's very serious. Um, let's talk a little bit about Austin Tice. My guess is there's a lot of people that have never even heard his name. Ten years ago, um, he was um, kidnapped um, and 
it's apparently well known by the U.S. government that the Syrian government has been holding him hostage for 10 years. Like, this seems crazy. What What is going on in the story of Austin Tice? Yeah, well, I didn't know about Austin Tice either. So, um, the, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, yeah, for 10 years, the guy was last seen on a YouTube clip, uh, you know, being marched off uh, by you know, a bunch of uh, men shouting, you know, Allah Akbar. And uh, and then, you know, he screams out and then the video goes blank and that's it. And then it turns out that he's been being held, uh, you know, in Syria by the government. Um, and it, because the U.S. is not negotiating, doesn't negotiate with, with Syria, we have no formal way of doing that. Uh, that, you know, it, the best that anybody's doing is, you know, basically, hey, Syria, you should give him back. Um, but it's a very strange story about, you know, like, it doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that would be, you know, um, he's a journalist guy. Um, doesn't not not super uh, influential, it seems. It's like a, just a very like you know holding a random guy hostage for 10 years seems a bit much but it's a strange story carmen mm-hmm. um i think that as uh, as people of faith it is not lost on me that um the last thing we hear him say is oh jesus oh jesus and so yes. i'm gonna i'm holding up those words in relationship to austin tice um, I'm acknowledging that we worship a God who sees in places that no one else can currently see, and that this is a young man who is not unaccounted for. Um, he, God knows where he is. Um, he would now be 41 years old, um, and his mother is still absolutely on the forefront of pleading um, for for the U.S. government to do something in terms of seeking um, the, the release of her son. And so, uh, you know, praying with a mother's heart as well in relationship to this. So put Austin Tice and, uh, and his family on your radar um, if, you, if they're not there already. All right, now let's talk about this judge who, um, who, who is the one who signed the search warrant, approved the, um, the search of Mar-a-Lago. Um, he is Jewish, apparently, and uh, his synagogue, the, syn- the conservative synagogue where he worships, um, has been now under threat to the point that they canceled their um, Sabbath services. Like, that's a really significant move um, to take, and which means that the threat was certainly credible. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're, um, their service is on the beach. So it's, it's uh, you know, obviously the, you know, the challenge would have been security. Um, and, and Judge uh, Reinhardt is a, is a trustee on the board of the synagogue. Um, you know, is that like it, being it, an elder? Is that like if you're, you know, Presbyterian, an elder, or a deacon if you're a Baptist? Is that what a trustee um, at a synagogue is like? Yeah, I mean, they'd have. Okay. I think they have elders at Baptist churches too. But um, yeah, it's it's basically like an elder. Um, okay. And yeah, he and you know, it's it came out that that was the case, and so the, the synagogue received a lot of threats. Um, you know, it's it's. You know, in in each of these cases, Carmen, it's you know the the threats of of you know violence uh, and intimidation that are 
increasingly common. Uh, you know, the the idea that I mean, it really became, you know, the, the in the perhaps a professionalism of opposition research where you have people whose sole job it is uh, often for political reasons to, you know, identify, uh, you know, things like guilt by association. Who do you know who knows this person? And the goal being to malign the person, to cancel them, to get them to, to uh, feel intimidated. Um, And that has just kind of, like percolated through the entire society. And so anything that is, you know, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat or even, you know, a a world famous author, um, everybody is, is, you know, uh, could easily fall victim to this, but also it's, it's, it seems so, um, it seems so common and, perhaps even so easy because of social media and it, it leads to, you know, people not being willing to, to speak out, not being willing to say things, uh, that, you know, they, they would normally say, um, I mean, I, I suspect everybody in our listening audience has, has, has chosen to not say something because, they're afraid that if they do, that they would, you know, lose their job or, you know, you know, they would, uh, be attacked. And, and so they choose not to say that, what that thing, whatever it is. And that, that is the very, that's the, the baseline of, of this type of intimidation. And we have to have courage, um, to speak truth, obviously, you know, uh, be ready to give an answer to the hope that is within you, but with gentleness and, and self-control. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but you know, if, if we're not going to speak, uh, about the truth and, and reality of this, of this world, uh, nobody is. So mm-hmm. I, I have to be bold, even in the midst of cancel culture and threats. Have fun on your vacation, man. Thank you for um, joining us so bright and early in the morning. Um, make the most of the day that is set before you. Thank you for sharing part of it with us. Happy to. It's always it's always a joy to talk with you. All right, that's Luke Moon. You can follow him on Twitter at LukeMoon1. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Hey, you could do me a favor today by giving us a call at 877-933-2484 and sharing your faith radio story. Why do you listen? What difference does it make in your life that this show exists, um, that this station exists, that this app exists, that this podcast exists? Like, what difference does it make? We would love to know. Call us, 877-933-2484. You're going to push the number two and record your faith radio story. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. we got another hour up next. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.